His music in times of darkness, times of joy, day that starts with God. Awesome, buddy. Thank you. Welcome to the Men's Mental Health Show, everybody. Uh, my guests this week are, again, we have Nick Danter on the tunes, and uh, next to him is Chief Inspector Gary Sims, uh, Ambassador Morning, also for Are You OK? How are you, Gaz? Very well, thanks, mate. Thanks for having us back on the show. You betcha, mate. And, uh, and of course, psychotherapist Bodie Marson. Good how's morning, things, guys. How's things with you, mate, first of all? I, I drove up the hill on Saturday, and yeah. uh, sorry, Mount Bonington, of course, or Bottington Hill, as it's known, and uh, I almost uh, followed through. I, I had to pull over. I saw this enormous, you know, plough of smoke, and I thought, here we go again. You yeah. know, I had no yeah. idea that it had started, and it didn't actually hit the, the fires app, I think, until yeah, yeah. Sunday. That's right, didn't So you would have had the first, you know, front row seat for that. Yeah, back in it again, you know. Um, uh, it, it brings up all that anxiety and fears and, uh, you know, concerns and, um, you know, what sort of stuff. But I did manage to have an afternoon sleep while the choppers were uh, <laughs> picking water up, you know, four, four doors down from our place. Mm. I've got a Marson gene, you know, belongs to my dad, and, um, you know, he'd sleep through anything. So, yeah, right. uh, you know, I had, to, I had a little bit of a rest to sort of kind of recover and, um, and get back into that prep thing. But, yeah, no, it's... Um, it's always a challenge to yeah. actually know. Um, gosh, we're on uh, we're on alert again, yeah. and that sort of hypervigilance yeah. that uh, too much exposure over a long period of time is what leads to exhaustion and um, you know other problems of sort of kind of living. Mm. But um, yep, this Straight. is the reality we're in at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, when, so. when you said picking up water four doors down, what they're taking it from the pool of, of someone's home? Or There's uh, yeah, Alex Taylor. Um, who's a naturopath, been um, in the area for years, you know, is very well known. Well, he's got a, um, a bit of acreage and he's got some springs that feed a billabong. Right. And um, so that's, yeah, that, right. that's the go-to. So at one stage there was four choppers circling, um, waiting to do their pickup. Really impressive. Yeah. You know, yeah, quite right. something. Yeah. So um, Alex came up the hill and I sort of, you know, fell on my knees and thanked him, you know, yeah. for delivering the water. He said, it's all right, my son. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sounds like I, um, <coughs> I spoke to some of those helicopter pilots over at uh, Colo who do oh, that job. Okay. And they tell me um, that the process of uh, taking the water into the, into the machine it's uh, depends on a few things, but you know it can be up to forty seconds where they'll be uploading the uh, the water. Mm. That's out of like Elvis. You're talking that one that sucks it, not the ones or the bucket ones. Uh, buckets and the smaller ones that all have the snorkel. Right. And they said it's a very full on thirty to forty seconds. I can yeah. imagine. They said the pilots they'll lose their horizon because. The downdraft blows the water back over the windscreen. Yeah. And they've got to concentrate yeah. on keeping the aircraft uh, level, watch the uptake of the water, and then um, when they uh, think it's right to, uh, to to lift back off and get the... And the helicopters had uh, water and grass and stuff all over the windscreens. And yeah. th these pilots are just so amazing. Yeah, extremely courageous, really. Yeah. And, and, I've wondered you know, about that. Yeah. It's um you know you you're right um you know they really should get a little bit more recognition but the skill that they have to do something like that my my best man he's a, a, a captain for Emirates he flies the triple sevens and he he's just done the longest flight I think it was 15 hours nonstop it's one of the longest flights I think the triple seven flies further than any other aircraft but you know the training and the skill and, and all the all the stuff they go into but as you can yeah. imagine that the, the the different conditions and the, the winds. Dead. Down to earth people at Colo, when the fires were bad, I had to escort a, um, a vehicle through with some engineers. The helicopters were on the yeah, ground right. and they needed servicing, so I had to um, take them up through the fire ground at Colo to get them to the helicopters. And uh, when we got there, I said to the pilots, uh, Oh, these guys reckon they're important. He said, Nah, they're just engineers, engineers. <laughs> the engineer says to me, Well, what can I do for you? He said, uh, Windscreen's dirty, boy. <laughs> <laughs> But they're just such a, a tight group of people. You know, they just love taking the mickey out of each other. It's and great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you got in and did the servicing. Well, I think you got to, isn't yeah. it? You know, we, you know, we talk about humour being um, a front for people, especially vulnerable people, they use humour to hide behind. But, you know, I think in times when it's tough like that, it's such an important thing, isn't it, you know, to, to not sort of lose place of who you are when then you're within your mates and, you know, you've yeah. got to take the mickey all the time. I think that's a real sort of Anzac thing, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is. Oh, Absolutely. It reduces stress yeah. Yeah. all the time, yeah. It's yeah. such a vital thing. Yeah. I think, I think it's something too about belonging and, and about being a tight group that's well-trained and those competencies, those core competencies are always there regardless of the situation. Um, and it's a meaningful, um, it's a peak uh, time really um, of, of uh, delivering the best of what you've got. Um, and, um, you know, guys will often refer to those peak times as, uh, you know, I felt like I was a god at one level mm. um, d doing mm. the right thing for my community. Mm. Um, and um, that too prolonged a service mm. uh, can go the other way, but, it, sure. but essentially it's a powerful thing to be oh, yeah. caught up in, in um, frontline delivery of services knowing that you're essential. Mm. So, uh, mm. uh, you know... Great place of great, yeah. great blokes, you know, who, mm. who can have that temperament um, and willingness to rise to the occasion. Mm. And, uh, yeah. mm, absolutely. Um, I just tried to do a check. So, for any listeners out there, um, if you could let me know if it's coming through, I guess if it's coming through, just send me a yes on 0404 077 That's if uh, you can hear us, if we are, if we are on air because I can't do my normal confirmation. It's not seemed to be working at this stage, but 
I do, I guess, cross my fingers because I've had a couple of unlucky situations where we've come up here and it hasn't, but uh, that's what happens sometimes on community radio. Um, I, I should, actually, before we go, I, I should always mention my sponsors, of course, mm. Noel Pope and um, the Mounties Group, who uh, continue uh, supporting the Men's Mental Health Show, and it's, um, and it's terrific of them. And all the work that they do, um, the Mounties have... Uh, they just went out to a community. I really should have... Uh, I'll look it up soon and, and, and speak further on it, uh, where they, uh, they put on a, a concert for people in the bush in this rural community. Um, you know, something that's not really anywhere near their club, so there's no benefit, I guess, for them, so to speak. But, um, you know, to put on a show for the kids, they put rides and, and live music. And um, it's great to see that, um, you know, an RSL club or such as Mounties Group are leading the way as to uh, what we should be doing uh, in these tough times. Uh, so, so there's the sponsors also too. Don't forget you've got Lifeline 13, 11, 17 and, and Are You OK on... Do you have that number, Gaz, top of the head? Well, we don't, we don't work as a referral like um, Lifeline... Or Beyond Blue. Or yeah. Beyond Blue. So we, uh, we have a different, uh, a different target. These, right. uh, our friends in those services look after a person who's in distress and um, here at uh, Are You OK, our role is to upskill the uh, everyday person in the community to have the confidence to start a conversation with someone they're worried about. Yeah. We're actually going to talk about some of that today. And, and I thought during the week um, just how, how fortunate uh, I am to have you three gentlemen in front of me um, and the diversity we have. I mean, Nick, yourself, is a, a principal uh, for, for children that are uh, quite challenged in life that, um, you know, have come from... Um, harsh backgrounds or, and, and at the same time mentally challenged um, and yourself, Bodie, being a psychotherapist and, and Gary, yourself, you know, employing 70 staff, I think, or close to. Um, so we can talk about some of the things within ourselves, and I know that uh, a lot of you, all, all you blokes are open books, um, but I want to touch on the fact I, I get a lot of calls or text messages through the week. Um, a lot of those come at night, early hours, um, uh, from guys that uh, just sort of reaching out, I guess, and wanting a conversation. And we spoke about it a little last week um, in regards to, uh, you know, what, what are some of the things we can do? And, and, and when, like, for example, we, we talk about uh, coming from a place of love, um, what, is act what does that actually mean, coming from a place of love? So I thought maybe we could start from that as a first base, um, and, and how to sort of approach that. So for me, I, I thought coming from a place of love and, and kindness, I guess, is, is to show empathy. Um, if someone's coming to you for, and seeking help, I think the other crucial thing is to try not to show any judgment. And that, that's very difficult, particularly if, if we're men. I think, I think women are very good at, at doing that with a communi you know, communicating with men. Um, perhaps that's why we have so many more women volunteering to help in these call lines. Mm. Um, uh, you know, and, and I also thought that uh, you've got to be aware of your uncon unconscious bias. Um, what, what's it to you coming from a place of love and kindness, for example, Beatty? Yeah, it's, um, the one place I'd start is the man's reaching out. I think already he's starting to shift into an idea that he's, he's got something, he means something, that already... 
um, he's receptive to the idea of looking after himself and, and moving out of that kind of despair or place of such profound withdrawal that he feels is essentially alone. Mm. So I would say mm. that um, the person reaching out um, is already starting to sort of say, um, I've come to the end of my self-knowledge and I, and, and I need to come back into relationship with others. Mm. Um, in, in order to receive someone who's in suffering or is in pain, um, there's two things men sometimes, uh, in, if they're listening to a mate, that, that what they get a little bit stuck on is, um, I should come up with something that could be helpful here. Yeah. So they come up with a whole lot of sort of, you know, solutions um, or ideas, you know, that, and, and what that kind of, um, it, it's well-meaning, mm. but it's more about the anxiety of the listener. Mm. Uh, thinking oh, I, sh- I should do something, yeah. but what it does is it interferes with the flow of the of the person reaching out, or, or, or releasing what they're trying to say, and yeah. needing to release yeah. what they're uh, needing to be heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's a bit of a so coming from love is to actually love love um, you know uh, something about self and one's ability to listen, but also to love that the person's reaching out and actually sit in, in a in a more still place rather than I need to do something space. Mm. Um, mm. So we, we often talk about active listening, mm. and active listening really is bringing your attention to the other um, and paying less attention to your own uh, anxieties or uh, whatever might be stirred up. Um, and, um, and that's attentional listening or active listening. Um, allows the other to say, oh, actually, what I'm feeling is actually real, and this person is actually engaging with me, mm. and that and that is a transaction of love that's happening in that moment. Yeah. So that's one way of, yeah. of of talking about it. The other thing that we often say is that love uh, co- conquers everything, mm. um, as a universal aphorism, as a universal sort of chant or a meme. Mm. And I think that's that is a truth uh, that love um, ultimately is the most transformative. Um, energy that we can harness in order to actually create change and, and new opportunities. Mm. Um, so um, it, it is a beautiful kind of uh, clarion call to love uh, rather than to distance or isolate or, or, or put up heavy-duty boundaries that we might call ourselves border security experts. Uh, yeah. There's not yeah. a lot of love in that. Um, no. You know, no. um, but, um, yeah... Yeah, Gary. Did Mate, you, I, I, I want to say that, that that's um, uh, really well put. I, there's a lot that I can take from that myself, and I think I think the key in that what you said is it's it's not to give solutions. Yeah. Um, you know, sure, it's, it's give certain ideas. Um, uh, you know, but but I, I think to keep them to you know one or two things at best. Um, you know. I think if they ask is the best way to do. What I, I tend to yeah. do is is to listen and and um, you know look. For example, I had a friend of mine whose daughter um, was having a hard time, and my friend said, "Look, he's you know, call Brad. He's a, a good, good, great guy to, to talk to." And 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 she's a fourteen year old girl going through what fourteen year old girls go through. And I think her boyfriend was saying she did, he didn't like her friends, and um, you know uh, she felt down and she was going around. It wasn't really feels like she was getting anywhere, you know, or furthering herself. Uh, and I just, I basically listened, um, you know, and I said, look, you know, 
that's going to continue through life. Sometimes you, you'll find that you do get in this rut. Um, but it's important to, to also surround yourself. I, thought, I said to the only advice I said was to surround yourself with the people that make you feel good. You know, that's, that's such a crucial thing. You know, the ones that, as, as my mate and I say, fills your bucket. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you get off a phone call from someone and you feel great. You know, sometimes you get off a, for, a call from someone and you, you've got that, that wet rug over your shoulders. But I think that's a, a crucial point, is to, to not give so, many, so much solution, but to, again, an unconscious bias, if you like, um, or be aware of, 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 you know, what you're saying and, and, and to listen. Listen is the... Really, I think listening is a real key. And the other thing that can be helpful to, is to say, um, has something worked for you in the past? Can you, can you remember what that was? So, so in, a, in, a, in a sense, you're actually appealing to their intimate knowledge of themselves right. anyway, mm. um, and um, rather than that you come across as um, providing solutions to the, which is what is essentially their dilemma. I was reading a, a statement the other day. It said. Pain is unavoidable, but suffering is optional. Mm. And it sort of kind of you know, hit me in the eyeballs and in the ears, and I thought to myself, that's really interesting. Okay, so if we can think about life that there's going to be setbacks as an inevitable part of existence about a living, um, we're going to actually um, feel loss um, mm. or, or sadness or rage or, or, or joy. And um, accept that that's, that's And accept that's, yeah, part, that's part, part of life. But if I, if I sit uh, and remonstrate with myself about the past forever, rehashing things, um, I'm starting to sit in suffering. I'm suffering the slings and shots of, of existence rather than sitting in, uh, this too will pass, there's something for me to learn about this, mm. um, it's a growth opportunity. Um, so let's frame this in a way that uh, enables us to, uh, at some point, process, digest and exit. Mm. Yeah, that's get, a, a line out of uh, The Princess Bride is that um, life is pain. Anyone who tells you differently has got something to sell. Right. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's brilliant. I, I think <clears throat> I, was, I was listening to ABC News this morning and, uh, you know, that devastating accident with, the, the, mm. you know, three kids. The mother uh, said that she'd forgiven the driver, okay? She didn't want to talk to him, but she'd forgiven the driver. And the first thing that came to my mind was, you know, because I, I, as soon as I heard it a couple of days ago, I thought, you know, that's, that's just going to destroy that, you know, so many people, but particularly the mother and father, not to mention the children. But the mother and any parents who outlive their kids, I, can't, I just can't fathom the pain that, that that would cause. But I thought, what a beautiful thing to say, because that will help her to not suffer. She will experience the pain, which is, you know, normality, really. Yeah, yeah, of course. But to not suffer, you know, would be another... So she can still live, you know, with the loss of those, her children through her other three children she has. And I think that, uh, again, that's something that, you know, for all of us to take. But another great right. point, mate. Yeah. I think if one focuses on um, that idea of victim and the person who's done the wrong towards me all the time... Um, um, you're keeping that event forever alive in that moment. Mm. Um, it's a type of ownership sort of kind of 
um, convolution or a Gordian knot where you're sort of, you know, fixated on I can't forgive, I can't forget, mm. um, and that rage or that sort of um, ongoing ongoingness of that means that there's no energy available for your own recovery work mm. um, or for your own um, depthing as a result of loss. So, um, so I think that's, that's really interesting. Uh, mm. if, if one begin- I'm working with a guy at the moment who... Um, um, he was, you know, 15, 16 year old, and um, his father wanted to reach out to him. The father been, you know, absent from the relationship for a long time, and he spurned his father's sort of attempts yeah. at sort of connection. He's an adult man in his 40s, and um, it, 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 at one level, consumed with guilt because he's longing for it to, to meet his father, but his father's passed on; he's deceased, mm. um, so that opportunity is not there. So the work he's doing is learning to forgive himself for that for the 15-year-old's inability to understand what the father's gesture was, that that could be meaningful. Mm. And I think in that forgiveness, um, he's learning to allow allow others to be forgiven Mm. as much as he Mm. has to learn forgiveness for himself. Mm. So I think um, these are training wheels for profound growing up. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. And the patterns that people get into, it's very much... Uh, the work in this in the school in in my school is around helping making the space for the kids to start to create new patterns because the patterns they've been have been so destructive and it a lot of it is based around that I'm the victim I've been hardly done by and and yeah creating the conditions where you're you're allowing them to take those next steps you're not saying these are the steps that you should take I mean you're you're providing guidance and if they're asking then advice and so on but it's very much about yeah allowing them to take those those next steps mm. Mm. Yeah. Gary if we could talk say from uh, you know an employer's side of view or a view from that aspect I guess can you what would a, a place of love and kindness be for example for an employer I think accepting that um, everyone's an individual, that um, everyone will do things to a, a different level, and the working under different conditions and environment every day. Um, you've got to have an inclusive workplace where you, you know what's happening without intruding into your people's life. Mm. So that if, uh, if there are things that are happening at home, mm. you know, you, you need to be able to rein back some of the things you might be asking them to do. You need to be able to monitor what experiences they're exposing themselves to mm-hmm. so that if you had uh, an investigator be exposed to three situations of a, of a SIDS death, mm. when the fourth one comes up, you'd have to say, I've got Listen. to find someone else to do this job. Mm. Yeah. Whereas it's easy to say, well, I know they can do this job. Well, I've seen them do it three times. Yeah. So it's, it's that... Um, Management in the true sense in terms of knowing your people, yeah. uh, where they've come from mm. and what, what's happening uh, around them at the, at the time. Mm. The, uh, to, I call them assets, you know, to, if you, to be able to listen, to be able to forgive, to be able to love. They're assets for life, really, they are. They're, mm. they're not... Uh, we talk about tools, I think, or skills. I think they're different things. But, you know, as, as a, a police officer um, and in your position and, you know, you do often three, sometimes four days 
36 hours and 48 hours of work in, inside those three or four days. Yeah. And you're looking at, you know, girls and guys that are wearing the same uniform. It, it, it could be easy at times to just sort of treat everybody the same. But to have that is, a, a, is an asset, I, you know. And I think that that's something that, you know, you, you'd look for in some of your officers uh, for who, who they could be in the future as, a, as, as somebody that would be a great leader. Yes, someone who's um, got the capability for uh, higher responsibilities and rank mm. and just looking, looking for any uh, subtle changes in people mm-hmm. on, mm. a, on a day-to-day basis. And yeah. you, you can't, you can't recognise changes unless you know them. Yeah. We so. spoke of that last week. And, and uh, sorry to, to cut you off, you know, it, it was a terrific point. And, you know, and, and, and I, had, uh, I had one lady in particular who, who lives over at Bondi um, wrote to me and, and said, you know, that, um, you know, to, to recognise those subtle little changes it might be their hair's not brushed, it might be their, their shirt's crushed or, or shirt's hanging out, you know, as they come into the school gate or come into work. Mm. Uh, Which in itself isn't necessarily a problem. I mean, if they do that all the time. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's right. That's right. You know, <laughs> they're just a slob. You no? start to worry <laughs> if they start to iron their shirt. Well, yes. Yeah, you know, um, if you have a person who's, who's grumpy and um, has uh, a bad outlook on life and all of a sudden they are at peace, mm. yeah. it's, it's a very big concern mm. that they've made a decision on what they're going to do and mm. there's no more no more trauma for them and they uh, have made a decision to end their life. Mm, mm. So uh, those things are uh, pretty important. If um, a person's grumpy and they become peaceful, if a piece of person's peaceful, they become grumpy. Yeah. Just uh, recognising the, uh, mm. the signs. I want to talk about that. We'll come back to that in a moment, which I guess is the flip side of, of, of perhaps love and kindness in a way. So we'll come back to that in just a moment because I think it's important. Nick, there's a, a principle... What does you know, love and kindness mean for you when, I guess, you're, you're feeding or giving that out to, yeah. to your parents and, and students? Yeah, I think, it, I think a lot of it is a recognition of how emotional the work is and so being really mindful of what the staff are going through and understanding that when significant issues happen at the school, the impact that that has on staff... Um, and so I think part of that is giving opportunities for the whole staff to meet together and to mm-hmm. talk about what they're going through so that you are helping people to understand that it, they're not just being, it's not just them who are being targeted by the kids in some instances, mm-hmm. but they hear how everyone's experiencing it. And at schools you go through really tough weeks and you go through really great weeks. And mm-hmm. I think sharing those experiences helps to bring the group together but also put events into perspective so mm. that that's part mm. of it but I, I would agree with the really looking for those subtle signs with staff and there have been times where um, I've been able to kind of reduce the teacher's load and give them slightly alternate duties because mm. I can see that they're starting to burn out from mm. what's going on mm. and, and really having those conversations and letting them understand that uh, this is a job and their health and um, how they're travelling is mm. is so much more important, and when staff are travelling well, that's when they're at their best. best. Yeah, um, for the kids. And as I, well, I, so. I I did mention that, of course, but I, you know, as a principal, it's not just students and staff, parents. It's yeah. you know, 
you know, PNC committees, obviously, it's the whole lot. It's a, you yeah, know, it's it, a pretty... it absolutely is. And I think, it, I mean, for me, it's always the staff that come first because if you, if you take the focus away from the staff to the kids primarily, mm. then it, I think you're missing the point because mm. you've, got to, you've got to look after the staff and the staff have got to be your, your main Yeah, nucleus. The main game. The, that's right. I mean, always with the, like, the outcome is always for the kids, but... If you're just riding roughshod over the staff or being too demanding mm. of them mm. in the service of the kids, then that's well, yeah. they're not going to do a good job there anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I think that's well said. And in building those relationships in a workplace or a school or families, mm. we um, you know also make it very clear that uh, don't uh, mistake my kindness for a weakness, mm. Mm. and that yeah. um, sometimes. Hard decisions still have to be made. That's a good point. Mm. Mm. It's it's how you make and deliver the decisions. Mm. Mm. And I know that the former police commissioner, Mr. Moroni, he was uh, he was well known for saying, "Don't uh, mistake my kindness as a weakness." As a weakness. Mm. 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 Yeah, no, that's a good. That's another terrific point. Because I think it's a very strong person who can be uh, can be kind. Mm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's a very significant shift that um, you know. People like yourself, Gary, who are um, you know at the, at the top of uh, handling staff and difficult situations, you know have, have understood something about the self care and the self um, and the sort of concern for the well being of staff and for yourself, Nick, as well. I mean, I'm just delighted to hear that, um, and it's starting to show up in um, in health as well that um that self care of of the staff and um you know good management practices and good debriefing practices are crucial to the delivery of service um and it's not all about the, the customer um if you like it's all, it's also about paying attention to our capacity to deal um and that the quality of service is also um, contingent on how well the staff are, are held in the organisation. That's really recognised mm. now, and mm. I think that's, um, that is a significant shift in our consciousness generally, the way that we start to treat each other. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really, you know, um, moved to, to listen to both of you as conversation mm. and, and, mm. and have that principle well held there, and, and also, uh, one's right to say, um, this is not a sign of weakness. This is a sign of recognition that things can get difficult yeah. um, and we'll make the necessary responses. But let's all do this. We're all in this together. Mm. Um, and, um, yeah, I think that's uh, far-sighted and, and um, you know, a great direction that we're going in. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's the strength of a team comes from the connection of that team and that comes from the trust and that comes from the understanding that everyone is being cared for mm. and... It, it sort of expands the... It moves it away from these key performance indicators of, yeah. well, this person's not ticking those boxes, so we need to get them out of the team or whatever. It's mm. it's really understanding that when we all look <coughs> after each other, that's when we perform at our absolute best. And that's where we develop the trust and that's where um, you get really high-performing teams. And yeah. so that's that's got to be the foundation for would it. You, would you say giving responsibilities or you know um, more tasks let's say responsibilities for example um, I used to as as captain of my cricket side I you know used to say look boys I'm really the only guy that leads us when we're on the park 
and I'd have a captain of set who set the field. And one bloke was in charge of the scorebook, the other bloke was in charge of logging it on the internet. So everybody had a was a captain, mm -hmm. if you like. Yeah. And, and and that would be something that you know both of you you guys would would essentially do because I think by giving somebody a, you know a responsibility, it, it really does make them feel more important. Absolutely. Would you both say that? Would you agree with that? Oh, definitely. And th they take um, ownership. Mm. That's without, right. without ownership, there's no commitment. Mm. So. Mm. Yeah, and mm. they and they see their impact in the work. If, purpose. If it's mm. yeah, it's purpose, and they're driving stuff. And if if they're feeling like you're breathing down their neck, saying do this, and I'm going to micromanage this, and so on, it it they lose motivation because another great word, like, micromanage. Yeah, mm. yeah. So they they feel their agency, and they they can look around and go, this is, I, yeah, we've all done this together, rather than mm. I did what my boss told me, and yeah, it went well or it went badly. Mm. So yeah. So can, we, we, can, I, can yeah, I come back to that please. thing that, that you know men ringing up often, that, uh, you know, late in the evening and wanting to chat because they heard that you're good at listening. Mm. Um, I'd like to say to those guys, if any of them are listening, um, is, is, is something like um, um, keep paying attention to your efforts at reaching out. Um, um, because that that ultimately is what reverses that yeah. that shift into the tunnel of of, um, of, su of suicidality. Yeah. It, that's the hardest and it single is, it is, thing it is. to do. Absolutely, because you've got to turn away the Titanic from its crashing into the iceberg. The iceberg yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, the point uh, of no return. Yeah, yeah point of no return. Absolutely. So uh, helping really validating and affirming and encouraging um, uh, to, you know, for them to keep, re to keep reaching out um, because it's only in that act um, that other, other points of engagement will begin to emerge that will start to give them some other options than the one they're considering, which is to end their lives mm. because um, there's no point in me being here. That kind of mantra or that sort of kind of pervading um, uh, vo inner voice that's going on um, has its own inevitability about it. So, um, strong, powerful encouragement. I'd, I'd mm. be saying to keep mm. to keep to keep reaching out, to keep following their their, their questioning of um, is, is there another option I can get to actually sort of obtain some relief mm. from my difficult place I'm in at the moment. I want to uh, put, and I was talking to Gary about it. I want to. Um talk to you about this. Incidentally, each person that calls, I, I put them on, I give them yeah, names yeah, and numbers well, sure. of, of yeah. professionals mm, such mm. as yourself or mm -hmm. in the Northern Beaches. I, I, I won't mention names. I have a, a chap, and he really, he perhaps has one of the largest hearts of any man I've ever known. But he'll only call me and, and you know, open up when he's, uh, you know, inebriated, quite drunk. Um, and uh, he... he He's very acutely depressed and alarming sometimes. Mm, mm. Um, at a point where I, I, I say, do I need to call the police or your paramedics here? <clears throat> um, and, I, and, and I think by continuing just to listen to him. But and the last time I, I said, I, I sent a text and I said, it's really important that you, you call me only now if you're not, you know, because mm, mm. I, I just... Was you know, and I, you know, and afterwards I, I, I kind of felt 
Oh, maybe I shouldn't have, um, you know, but, but, you know, maybe he should follow up the next day just to let me know he's okay or with a text or anything. Um, but what would you say to somebody? I mean, I was trying to set a boundary, if you like, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. uh, I, I always say I don't mind what time people text me or mm -hmm. call me. It's mm -hmm. no problems. I'll take the call. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. it's important. But, mm. you know, I, I just find that it, it's quite irrational to deal with. It's obnoxious. It's, mm -hmm. um, mm. I'm not, um, you know, I, mm. I'll listen and it's the same thing. Um, mm -hmm. And that, that time will go for an hour or two. Yeah. Look, that's that's a tough tough call, yeah. um, you know, because um, you're talking about a, ba a, a boundary of, for you of of your space and your your yeah. private life, and um, and um, you're also asking the question. I think um, it, um, is this person um, starting to take um, the appropriate amount of responsibility for their um, to their difficulties? Mm. So um, it doesn't seem like it. It's, it's like they're fixated on the idea that when when they when they need, they'll give me a call. So you're starting to sort of suggest I'm feeding it. Yeah. Well, you could, you could yeah, maybe I'm feeding something, or maybe um, I, I need to remind them um, that just bringing me up is not enough, mm. that they have some serious underlying issues going on uh, that they need to pay attention to mm. and that you want to hear from them the next time mm. that they have taken other steps mm. to engage um, appropriate professional help yes. um, to move out of the cyclical sort of struggle right. mm. of um, um, over-medicating mm. with alcohol um, um, and not attending to the underlying issues that are leading to psychological What's, distress. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and and again, I think um, um, part of your um, recover, recovery might be that that you want to make yourself available, mm. but but recovery also includes self care, um, yes. and and therefore we need to think about boundaries sometimes. What are the limits, if you like, to my accessibility or availability, mm. or willingness to engage in a repeating conversation? That's not necessarily um, leading to aha moments in the other. Mm. Um, mm. Th so that in a sense, I'm, I've been used as a way of bleeding off excess at, uh, angst mm. on the mm. part of the caller. Mm. Um, so, um, um, yeah, you have to have to decide as carefully and as lovingly as possible that maybe you're no longer up for um, uh, calls um, of this of the same. Repetition yes. and duration, and, you, mm. and you're not getting a sense that they are engaging with other services to deal with. And, and I say, have you have you called this person? Yeah. You know, I, I'll say that. Have you done that? And it's you know, it's difficult because you know, uh, it's not. I think uh, you know, I, I I kind of feel like the punching bag, I guess, or you know, I'm I'm the the sponge, taking the the toxic waste, which really I don't mind. I can di mm. dispose of that. I don't take it personally. Um, but, you know, if it's, you know, you're coming to me for, for, for answers or, you know, and, and I, I don't know the answers to a lot of the questions, and I say that, is if I don't know the answer to a question, and that's in life, I've, that's something that I've learned particularly over the last four years, I just simply say I don't know. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if he, he's not gaining that further, mm -hmm. you know, if you're not going to see the GP mm -hmm. to establish or, you know, a mental health plan, see yeah. a psychotherapist, psychologist, yeah. whoever. Yeah, yeah, whoever. Um, 
I had a guy yeah. ring me up, um, he's, he's made an appointment and he said, oh, I was giving you a name uh, a while back and I, every now and then I would think about uh, giving you a call. And, uh, and then, you know, we were chatting and then he said uh, out of the blue, um, um, yeah, I got your name about 10 years ago. So <laughs> it's taken him 10 years to, uh, you know, to, um, to make a call. So that's, that's kind of illustrative of a lot of guys who... Um, haven't really um, uh, moved out of the suffering place. Mm. Um, they know, um, you know, that that's become habituated. Yeah. Um, so they sort of feel I've just got to struggle on. I, I can't even resource myself enough to um, um, listen to other inputs or, or um, open up some space to consider what's going on for me. Sure. So the, the solution would be uh, um, upgrade the motorcycle or upgrade the car or, or some fancy holiday um, as a sort of a kind of a, a reward mm. idea of the sort of difficulties they're feeling. But, there's, uh, um, but that in and of itself um, uh, doesn't alter thinking or um, reactive patterns to old, uh, um, to, uh, to old suffering. Mm. Um, that, that just uh, is, a, is a temporary um, sort of uh, a, a reward phenomena. Yeah. Um, so I'm encouraging people always to say, well, what are your long-term goals? Um, you know, where do you think you're going? What sort of person do you think you want to become? Mm. Um, mm. What would satisfy your innate sense of self um, in terms of your core competencies and the ability to sit in your own body? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Can we start talking about that? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. As Ash Barty says, you know, just trying to become a better version of myself, you know. Lovely statement. It's a, it's a really, it's put so simply, but yeah. it can mean so much. We're going to go to a song, because I've got to go into the office and check. I'm really hoping we are, and I'm able to record this at the very least. So I'm going to go and get the technician, and you play, and I'll be back in two minutes. You're listening to the Men's Mental Health Show uh, with uh, Brad Spillane as your host, Bodie Marsden. Um, Gary Sims and of course Nick Danter. Take it away, Nick. Okay, great. Um, so I'm just there's an old story. Uh, it, it's called the Chalk Circle, and essentially, so there was a king um, who was making a decision around a custody battle between um, uh, a mum and a dad. And so what he did was he drew a chalk circle down and he put the child in the middle and he said, okay, we'll grab one arm each and then we'll. Um, yeah, whoever kind of gets the child gets the child. And so, um, and I, I actually can't even remember, so one of the parents uh, didn't pull the child at all because obviously it was going to mm. hurt the child and so then the king said, great, I'll give the child to you. Um, so this is, a, this is a song I wrote when I was going through a breakup many years ago and it's, it's kind of, um, yeah, that, that sort of idea and I guess it's about forgiveness and, and starting again. Mm. Mm. Turn to see you at the top of the stairs, swaying. Got your eyes on the ground like it's all that keeps you from falling. The door is open wide. Got no reason to go inside. I've got my kids in the car, their bags packed for the weekend. 
Nice, Nick. Very Beautiful. Nice. Lovely. Uh, you're here on the Men's Mental Health Show. Good news, boys. Uh, we are on air, which is great, but we're not streaming. So those that want to listen on the internet, uh, sorry. You can't, well, it doesn't matter. I feel silly saying that because I can't listen. <laughs> I feel like Jim Owen. <laughs> but we're on. You know? Yeah, we're on. So I can, we're at least uh, we can record the show and put it to a podcast. Uh, we're brought to you today, of course, by um, our very good friend, Noel Pope. Uh, Noel's doing a, another big ride. I, uh, I should uh, look that up, actually. He's, um, him and a mate have chosen to uh, do a, a, a quite a large ride. I'll, I'll talk to you about that on the, on, on the way out. Um, and also, too, to Mounties Group, who, who are doing truly wonderful things in the community. So thanks to those guys. Um, back here with Gary, Nick and uh, Bodie and myself um, and we're just talking today I guess of uh, some, uh, I guess the basic things uh, that go towards um, uh, or, or that we, we sometimes live with in, in, in having moments of distress or, or depression or anxiety. Uh, so we're covering really the basics and uh, talking about them from more uh, points of view. Um, I want to talk about, uh, if we can for a moment, um, stress and, and physical health um, because, you know, it, it was something that uh, I found personally, um, and I'm back down to 89 kilos, so uh, this time last year I was 111, um, which is, yeah, I was a big boy and, I, and mm. I've always, I've never been over sort of the, the high 80 mark, um, I'm almost six foot tall. And um, so that's uh, it's quite a lot. And I found that um, I was really feeding into, 
you know, the things that, that pulled me down, you know, and, and it was rumination, you mm -hmm. know, ambiguity is my biggest kryptonite, if you like. I say that quite often. But, um, you know, and I was eating a lot of ice cream. That's my favourite thing. When I, when I came out and I was all wired up around my face, I loved ice cream. That's all I could live on, really. Mm -hmm. um, I still do like it, but in, in much smaller portions. So, uh, and then I found that uh, the diet, it, it is so important for your mental health. Um, it, it, it means it, it can change and, and your, your well-being of making you feel good and making you happy. Mm -hmm. um, too much sugar, it's great, but then it brings you down. And, you know, I'm truly, I'm, I'm actually on the bandwagon about the sugar. I think it's perhaps one of, if not the worst drug in the world. It kills more people than any other drug. Um, and I don't think it will be long before you see warning signs coming out, like similar on Coca-Cola, on cigarette packets, on, yeah. on Coca-Cola cans and, and whatnot. I'm not so much to the extent of the, the uh, pictures, if you like, but, um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it played a massive part in getting out and walking. And I know we talk about this quite a lot, and Gary and Shannon, of course, with Walk and Talk and how much that does and it means in the community. But... Um, you know, as men, I guess we sort of feed into that crisis or that stress if we like, potentially, if we don't, um, I guess, fill our own bucket. You know, I call it the stress bucket, but we've got to empty that and fill our, our self-gratitude bucket. What do you think about that, first of all, Nick? What's that? Yeah, I, I would say there's a lot more going on uh, in schools around healthy eating and uh, sort of kitchen garden programs, the sort of Stephanie Alexander kitchen garden programs uh, are quite right. widespread. So I think there's good work being done across the sector. Uh, and I guess from my personal experience, diet is a massive, massive, massive thing. There are so many kids who just come to school with complete rubbish and um, at home it's their reading takeaway. And, and so much of it is around uh, lack of education, but also lack of financial resources. And um, yeah, it's, it's a really complex issue, but um, we do a lot of work at our school around, I've got an amazing, amazing, amazing teacher who, I don't know how she does it, but every week she produces a new different meal. Wow. Um, and it, it's a real process. What We've a great got idea. Kids who, and, and so each Friday there's a shared lunch. So all the staff, all the kids wow. sit down, um, and eat together and uh, sometimes when new kids come in they just go oh it smells like shit and I'm not yeah. going to go in there and, yeah. um, and it, it takes sometimes it takes a long time to kind of bring them round to it um, because it's it's like a, a little kid you've got to they've got to taste and taste and taste mm. before mm. they can accept a new mm. taste and, and so uh, yeah it's a, it's a really long process for some kids but just such a valuable mm. process and and also doing the growing of the, the food as well, so they start to see the connection between the garden and the table, and yeah, um, yeah it just opens their minds. Um, it's it, it is tough with kids, you know. My, my, I mean, I talk about my kids sometimes, but they love their trees, I call them trees, broccoli. Yeah. Um, you know, and I used to make a mash of potatoes, and, and they had no teeth, you know, when they're teething, ma uh, carrot mashed potato and uh, trees. But, you know, I, I'll make a sandwich, and I'll put lettuce on it, and he goes, yeah, I can not it. I'm not eating lettuce. Well, you eat bloody broccoli, you know. It's, um, yeah, anyway, it's each to their own, I guess. But uh, I think you're right. I think it's all, it's a slow process, but it's it's the educational thing, mm. uh, side of it, um, you know, 
um, because it affect you know it, it was affecting yeah. affecting my sleep. Um, you know, then I started to depend depend on coffee. So I was like, I, I, I had to have one every day, and I wouldn't wouldn't you know. And I've got the percolator at home. Uh, it has to be one down the road, and it has to be a double shot. Um, otherwise, I felt like I just couldn't get going. You know. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I just sort of changed that around. I've actually slackened off again. Here I am talking about it, but um, I started to get up every day religiously and go walking. You know, mm -hmm. and that was a great mm -hmm. reason why I bought the dog. Mm -hmm. Be yourself, Gary. It's one of those things you've got to. Um, it's always hard, particularly for shift workers. Our, our <laughs> sleep patterns are mm -hmm. uh, all over the place. You're um, having a, an evening meal when people are having breakfast. Yeah and then you, you go into sleep and it, it can definitely affect your uh, your energy levels and mm. how you make it through uh, through a night you know same people that'll uh, be loading up on sugar because they're getting tired and then yeah. they'll, uh, they'll they'll crash uh, uh, yeah, yeah. That, it, you notice that in your offices that I guess that do that that you'll see in, the, in their mood swing um, or you know they might get crankier or, or, or shorter I guess with their Patience, I guess that can happen, can't it? Oh, it can. It can happen with everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys and are doing 12 you know, or 14 hour shifts. Yeah, <laughs> looking at um, just the way they, they manage themselves, mm. uh, trying to fight uh, fatigue, mm. uh, they'll, they'll fall into the routine of, of needing or thinking they need coffee, and that becomes that, that habit where mm. they, they do that. But it's right across the board. You know, we've got um, a little, uh, little bird at home, um, <laughs> and she developed developed a lump so we took her off to the vet and um, turned out they did the test and did what they needed to do and it's it's a fatty lump from eating too much sunflower seed yeah there you go yeah, there you go and uh, we've had to change this uh, glass diet up right and uh, you know the, getting her out of that routine because now she'll get in there and she sticks a beak through all yeah. the seed looking for the black ones yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, that's right. And when you get the bird seed, they've all got sunflower seed in them, I've noticed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't the, that's right. It's a lot of fat. Yeah. Yes, mm. it's a lot fattier, isn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And it, Bodie, you know, uh, you seem like a, a very fit man. I mean, you, you're very active. Um, personally, mm. you mm. play badminton, and um, I think you, you'd be playing it quite competitively as well. Yeah. Um, sure, absolutely. You know, which is an important thing. So, about y yourself, you, you must eat extremely well, but um, at, when you, do you pass that on or talk about that as a, a, a major or a, an important topic with, your, with your, your subjects or patients? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, exercise and diet um, is so well implicated in, in health. Um, and um, it's, it's, you know, if your GP is just recommending... Uh, antidepressant medication is not talking about exercise or how you're sleeping um, um, or what your networks are, your connections, you know, people that you connect to. If you're not actually investigating that, you might want to get a second opinion. Yeah, yeah, I'm 100% with you on that. Um, um, and I, I think, um, you know, what we eat um, and how we live, um, I mean, if, if you put rubbish fuel in your car... Yeah, you know the engine ain't going to run that long, is it? Mm. Uh, isn't it? Um, so um, the same with our bodies. If we mm. put in, um, 
energy that is actually contaminated or over sugar or, or over processed, mm. um, you know, your body's not going to maximise it, um, its operations. That, I mean, the other thing that's interesting is um, um, some idea of fasting. That fasting actually has some very good metabolic um, right. uh, re- recovery um, factors um, in it. So it, it's highly recommended to actually do some small amount of fasting. So some people are doing that five by two diet that Mosley, Michael Mosley, trust me, I'm a doctor, uh, sort of runs, you know, where you eat normally on your five days, but two days you restrict your calorific intake um, quite substantially. Um, So you have some sort of intermittent fasting Mm. going on. Mm. But that seems to be very good for blood sugar and insulin um, control. Yeah. Um, and 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 also taking your focus on food as the reward mm. uh, for um, being a busy person. Mm. Um, the, actually, in, in our history, when our civilizations are going well, food is often associated with gathering. Um, yeah. So it's, it's the kitchen table um, or or the table um, in the restaurant where everybody gathers and has a good feed and a good and a good talk and a good meeting of each other is all part of it. Food mm. is becomes a part of that extensive connecting. Um, and um, th- th- there's a great ritual uh, uh, and a sense of community renewal in those t- s- sorts of rituals of gathering good people around and, and, um, and, g- and obviously good food mm. um, at, at the table. But the receptions? Those yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Maiden birthdays, you know, your 40s, 50s, yeah, 60s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what it's yeah. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, no, so I'm a great believer. I mean, I think for me, exercise has always been... I've been very aware of my body and I've been very aware of um, the pleasures that I get from using it in various ways. I was a runner for a while there and um, I played squash and badminton and rugby and, you know, a whole, whole variety of things. I love walking, I love bushwalking, I love rock hopping, um, get me down to the Cox's River, yeah, um, the right Megalon Creek and, you know, yeah. hop from rock to rock. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm a seventh heaven. Yeah. Um, um, so, um, I mean, the outdoors actually lifts me. I mean, it's yeah. a certain freedom. Um, yeah. And to be co- cooped in a too confined a place, mm. Um, mm. yeah, it does no, it'll kill me off. Yeah. So um, I've always had a sense that my body is an instrument by which I encounter the world. Yeah. And so I've got to look after this. Yeah. The, you just the, bounce. I mean, you must bounce out of bed, you know. Like uh, the uh, Some mornings I bounce and uh, other mornings I fall dead on the floor. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Depends uh, if Blue's beating you in badminton's. Oh, well, look, imagine. you know, one of the things I want to talk, often talk about is competition. So, you know, it's become a little bit of a dirty word, but Blue and me, com- competition, we, we, we get the best out of each yeah, other. Yeah. And one of the guys in the badminton group, he's a pediatrician and, um, and, you know, right in the sort of health sort of kind of model of the hierarchy, um, and I'm a lowly psychotherapist, yeah. um, so we play our best badminton opposite each other, yeah. you know, bring it on, and yeah. it's great. I love competition. Yeah. Um, obviously it has its limits and it has to be um, in, the, in the purpose of striving to deliver your best. Yeah. Um, it's not about killing off the other, um, but it is about the, yeah. you know, understanding what it is and maximising the opportunity yeah. and the satisfaction that flows from a great shot or a good game, yeah, that's right. even if I lose, but if it's close, the intensity of, of the experience is what gives me a dopamine hit. 
It, that's right. Yeah? It gives wow. you the high and, and it what's, brings you back each week Absolutely. or each day yeah, whenever yeah. you do it. I used to say that about golf, which is really a shit of a game. Yeah. You only need one shot. Yeah. <laughs> one yeah. shot and that'll bring you back. Sorry, Nick. Yeah, I was just going to say, just with the bushwalking and, and nature and stuff there, recognising that with kids, they're now seeing it as a disorder when kids are not getting into nature enough. Mm. Yeah. So... Um, yeah. Nature deficit disorder yeah. is now being recognised. Well, we're in such a great... I mean, there's no better area in the country to, to do your bushwalks, your rock ops, your springs, your billabongs, yeah. you know, your canyoning, your... You know. Yeah, yeah, That uh, Dargan Dam, I, I, I know the locals will hate me for mentioning it. Um, not many people know about up there at Zigzag. Wow, what, it's a, great, isn't it? what an adventure that is. Can my, you jump from the top? Oh, my son has. I've done it. Moss, I'll show you a video. I did a backflip, somersault. I screamed the whole way down. Did you? (laughs) (laughs) They say if you scream, you've been pushed. (laughs) So, so Dan, you say, how many times did you do the jump? Uh, Yeah, I think a couple of times. Um, uh, It's a a leap into the unknown, for sure. It's a long way down, but... uh, it's a very deep hole, so you yeah, can't come back no up way again. Touching it, yeah, touching I, think, the I think a couple of times. Often, I have an experience um, of a, I do it once or twice, and that's enough. Yeah. You know, I don't have to yeah. keep keep repeating the sort of kind of. It also comes down to leap. that element of luck, isn't it? Too because luck can run out, and yeah. you might sort of sure. not sure. fall down like a pin. You might fall down, yeah. you know, on the side as well. But um, yeah, you know, that's a terrific point overall, Bodie. You know about uh, you know pulling yourself out of. of you know, a physical exercise to pulling yourself perhaps out of a rut to get yeah, yourself no, going and what diet is because that, it yeah. is such a crucial thing yeah, yeah. in our lives. And, and, you know, coming back to you, Gary, I, I, you know, to, and, and, you know, uh, the paramedics and the, and the firemen, uh, to do the ship work, I think it's completely different. It's from a lot mm. of other people. I mean, you guys are awake. You look quite tired today. I imagine you're coming off a uh, three or four day... Um, Stint, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Of shifts. Mm. Mm. And uh, early start this morning, I was at a uh, at a Rotary Club meeting this morning. But um, no, the fatigue can get, um, mm. particularly when you're throwing and you're driving on top of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, and, and then and you're heading down to winter each day. And yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, one of the things I'm interested in is uh, us as men and what we really feel uh, about our emotional life. Um, so it's an open question to you three guys. Yeah. Um, just ha- you know what? Um, what would you kind of say now? Of what it means for you to have a, um, an emotional life as much as you have a, as a physical life or a psychological life? But how well do you understand and know and appreciate and enjoy your emotional life? I'm going to open that up as a question. Because I think many men are somewhat terrified of their Mm. emotional life and work Mm. hard to control it or repress it um, or to extinguish it through sort of overeating or uh, over-medicating with some, you know, with uh, illegal substances or legal substances for that matter. Mm. Um, um, So I'm I'm interested in that. I've I've got my own journey about my emotional life, Mm. but I'd like to hear from from you guys um, because I think men need to... Um, get that an, an emotional life is as much of an asset as an intellectual or rational life. Mm. What are your thoughts? Uh, okay. Um, well, first of all, I did the the stages of self medicating, um, yeah. and then mm-hmm. denial, um, 
and then going through the process of, of after that, of course, came anger, and my anger just was just so destructive, so destructive. Um, but from there, I, t I became more aware of my emotions, um, and then I started to be able to plant seeds and repairing the damage that I had done and, and by taking ownership of my actions and understanding the difference of guilt and shame. Yeah. I often say, I don't believe, I may, I, I may be wrong, uh, that a majority of men can be depressed w without suppressing first. So without, you know, if men were to talk more about their emotions, but we're talking about me here, mm -hmm. um, that it's easier. I've found, I have a buddy, so it, it's like a check-in, and, and I'll do that twice a week, sometimes more. I, I had a check-in before I started the show today. today. Um, and sometimes that check-in will be just nothing about me at all. Um, and I'll sure. leave that conversation by understanding um, perhaps, uh, like, for example, what we spoke of last week. So instead of, I guess, self-psychoanalyzing, you know, uh, it'd be more about the understanding, okay? Pull things back, chuck it in neutral, stop, listen, then decide. And that's what we spoke about last yeah, week. Yeah. So I've made that my goal for this year. So not, you know, I've, I've been able to understand what my emotions do, um, to sit with them and let them pass if they're yeah, bad ones yeah. or if they're ones that I find that um, aren't doing me any good. Yeah. Um, but to also recognise the ones that are making me feel good or making things like the joy. Um, you know, and, and I actually find vulnerability is, is something that, that makes me feel good. Um, I'm, I'm doing that now. I'm, yeah. I'm putting myself in a vulnerable position by talking about my emotions openly to you three guys and to anyone that wants to hear. Um, and that makes me feel good. Um, so that, that's like a, that fills my bucket, that type of stuff. Making uh, a bit of sense. It's fantastic, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's making, well, a, making a lot of sense. Yeah, I'd, I'd follow on that, from that. To me, the meaning in life comes through relationships and whether that's with your partner, your kids, your people you work with, um, whoever it is. And, and that vulnerability is the way of really making those relationships deep. Because mm. I think as soon as you start to kind of control like how you want to be seen or who you are or that's that's a way of sort of uh, putting barriers um, within those relationships. So mm. Mm. I sort of feel, yeah, I guess my journey <coughs> has been around just how, yeah, as the years go by, how do you make yourself sort of more open and more vulnerable and just more um, who you are? rather than like an image of who you think you should be or yeah and I, and I think it goes through all aspects of life I think the vulnerability in a leadership role is as important as it is in a family as it is in mm. a partnership or um yeah that mm. that sort of honesty we, we, we talk, that's right we talk about trusted honesty but really first and foremost you should be trusting yourself and being honest to yourself mm. that's yeah, you know, and, and yeah. What flashed in my mind as you were talking is a, mem mem uh, a memory of uh, my father um, and uh, the, the kids and mum uh, going to the airport, and my sister was going to fly to Holland um, to Maastricht um, for my uh, grandfather's funeral. Dad couldn't couldn't go, and and uh, my sister represented it. But when I was at the airport um, and he was farewelling my sister, he wept, 
Um, and it was such a profound moment for me because my dad was pretty staunch, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, normally, you know, as a, as a man. But it, his, his, his tears um, made me realise um, uh, the human being that he is, the heart that he that has. That he is real. The sorrow that yeah. is actually mm-hmm. real. Yeah. Um, and it kind of started to, to grow, for me, emotional connection with my dad because... Um, while we're very similar, um, he was keeping me at a distance. And so we were struggling um, and there was some oppositional stuff going on between us. But that, that was a breakthrough. So it's lovely that you say that, Nick. Mm, that, 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 that vulnerable moment um, um, can also usher in a new understanding or a new connection um, and that we are ultimately all together in this thing called mm. life. Mm. Um, I mean, that artificial idea that we're going to keep our shit together, mm. um, yeah, I, um, I can do a bit of a blow-up about that one and sort of kind of reject it outright mm. um, yep. because I've seen so much the cost of men trying to hold on to themselves in a way that um, they think they should behave, exactly what you said, I, you know, I, I should hold this together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They pump the chest out and then yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. push down, push down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but big, that big boys don't cry. Big, big boys. That's don't right. Cry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that, um, but it sort of stops that that sense of solidarity that with that, that um, if we're all efforting at being sort of on top of the game, mm. um, and it's not really real. And and the and kids particularly don't want to be around people who are artificially holding on to something or having some sort of kind mm. of artificial idea of sort of competency or um, holding, you know, um, being on top of their game. And also when somebody's controlling something, actually it's interesting that, that really their anxiety or their fear is about disintegration, about falling apart. Mm. So their efforts at controlling an environment or a meeting or, or, or a situation... Um, one ha- one has to feel compassion for that. At the same time, you may have to actually say to the person, you you, you kind of need to back off here because right. you're betraying your own anxiety here. Mm. So mm. drop the control stuff and let's let's yeah. nut this out let's together. Get get yeah? through it. Yeah. 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 Break so, down this wall. Um, so I, I, for me, I'm a passionately interested in the emotional life of a man mm. as much as um, what he thinks and how he behaves mm. and has he got. Um, uh, you know, is it more than just bad, mad, or sad? Yeah, or patting the dog, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Mind you, I mean, um, I do bring my dog uh, Benji. He's a he's an old cavalier, um, and he's, you into know, the consultations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he comes in and you know he sits on the lap of the person who's it's who, great. who's he stressed. Yeah, yeah. And I had a guy <laughs> who's great... not accustomed to talking. And he patted this dog for an hour like this. Uh, <laughs> Benji hour. doesn't mind. I don't know how much fur he has left. <laughs> <laughs> they Benji. It's a great no, idea. They didn't mind all. Snoring, <laughs> snoring away. So, <laughs> so, so there is that anxiety about sort of even talking about stuff. That, mm. that if, if, if us guys can start to break through that customary stoicism or reserve mm. or anxiety about our emotional life mm. and have some de- capacity to accept its movement through us, mm. what actually is surprising is that the emotions that inspire or create gratitude or awe have a chance to uh, show up in our existence as well. Mm. Yeah? That's yeah. crucial. It might, yeah. Because control controls also about shaping your experience as well. So it it sort of limits your experience, and you're just looking for 
well, how does this fit into what I'm trying to control and how does it sit outside that? Whereas when you're losing that stuff, you are very much open to awe and wonder because mm. you, you're not taking a preconception into the experience as well. Yeah, 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 exactly, mm. exactly. It's um, yeah, a very valid, um, you know, points that you make, Beatty. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, we're very fortunate to have you here on the show and, and, and share such knowledge. Um, you know, uh, I want to say that, uh, you know, I spent uh, a lot of time uh, during my recovery to see psychologists, sort of psychotherapists mm -hmm. for four sessions. Um, that, you know, it, it, they're different. And I, th I think I was, I was happy. Well, I related much easier to the chap that I was seeing at Surrey Hills at the time, um, who was a psychotherapist. Um, but, you know, and, and that, I think, was really you know, the turning point. I think a lot of the time with, with bikes is, but you, you know, we try and lead them to the water, but, it, you know, mm -hmm. they've got to go through what they've got to go through mm. to get to where they need to be. Yeah. And you see that. And you just walk away from... And you, and you might call your other mate and say, listen, you know, you and I might call each other and Gary's got to hit rock bottom, you know. He, he's, he, he's not there yet, but we'll be there to support him, um, you know. Yeah. But I don't think he's going to be able to... Um, turn things around uh, by listening to us or, you know, seeking help. He's not going to do that until he realises, right, this is, there's nothing left, I've got to do that. And I think... It, 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 I talk about it so much and, and about... And we've mentioned it so much today, vulnerability. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and that is really is the key by, by mm -hmm. making yourself mm -hmm. vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the only way uh, for men to really start to open up, isn't it? Absolutely. I, the word sometimes has a connotation of weakness, doesn't it, or, or, or of failure. And, and maybe we need to find we need to find another word. Um, I sometimes use the word. Well, let, let's be more transparent. Let, yeah, let's bring to idea. bring mm. to the surface. You know what what really is going. Let's give ourselves permission to sit in the truth of of uh, a range of feelings that might be going on for you at the moment. Um, and and I and I guess being being vulnerable. Um, um, I think we have to sort of understand the language that we use and, and sometimes provide expo explanations as to why being vulnerable is a good thing. Yeah. But, and, and I think also um, that um, being vulnerable, one, one recognises um, that we actually need each other in order to make sense of existence. Mm, mm. So it, it's a sort of like an invitation to bring someone into you. So I'm not, I'm not travelling that well. Mm, um, mm. You can use those words and you select the right person who's going to make a good response to you and say, well, I, you know, how can, how can I... Let's, let's talk about this together. Mm. Um, and um, because I, one of the weird things about being human, isn't it, is that we have... This um, um, subjectivity of ex of self, mm. um, and so and we also have this idea of responsibility of taking care of self, mm. um, and we have this also this idea that I I'm the only one who knows about what's going on for me. Um, so um, crucially, uh, uh, at the same time, we can't co we can't exist without coexistence. Yeah. Yeah. Without yeah. the other. Mm, um, mm. So part of the wit of growing up um, and becoming um, available and accessible to others is to recognise, yeah, I'm here, yeah. I'm subjective, mm. 
I've got a bias, I've got a view, mm. um, but other people uh, have a view as well. And if I can make myself available to that other cluster of ideas and emotions and feelings, mm. uh, suddenly I've created a richer environment for me to understand myself. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. So, so we have a bit of a contradiction. Mm. Um, mm. And if we take the idea that we're all individuals um, who happen to coexist at a functional level rather mm. than an emotional level, mm. we lose culture, yeah. we lose yeah. um, um, language, we, use laughter, we lose laughter, we lose that pleasure of, of an interactional yeah. life. Mm. So, so it's kind of sorry to make an example. It'd be like you know, six six of your mates. You're, you're quite happy to sit around and say why your footy team is going to win the comp this year, you know, and you're happy to be passionate and and talk openly as to why you've got the best players. Well, those players can be an emotion, you know. You can change that and be those six blokes sitting in the room and saying shit, shit's happening at home. Yeah, you know? exactly. I'm not sure about the misses. What's happening there? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the kids, you know, it was mm. going really well, it was getting A, but it's really affecting my sleep, but, you know, and, mm -hmm. I, and I think, you know, by doing that, you're, 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 you're able to sort of then unite and say, well, right, that's like my footy team, yeah, okay, you have got a good footy team, and, well, okay, mate, that's, um, I'm having the same issues as well, you know, yeah. and, and, and I think mm -hmm. that, you know, we, we find it perhaps easier in a group to, to, to maybe start that initial I don't know, but I, I found it sort of easier as, as one, and then I, I, I don't have a problem talking about mm -hmm. anything about myself anymore, but um, it, it was fear that was the really, it, it was, that was the thing that was stopping me, was why fear, I had fear to... Of, fear of what? Oh, it was the fear of everything, mate, fear of being weak. Yeah, fear. well, yeah, Perception gotcha. of everybody seeing me as weak, mm. okay? Okay. I've got to okay. handle this. I'm yeah. going through this crisis, yeah. um, you know, I've, I've got to stand up for myself. I've got to make sure that, um, sure, I've done a few stupid things, um, you know, but by, by being strong, by, um, you know, I don't need help right now, um, and then, you know, just more stupid things, and then in the yeah. end, I, I, it was the stupid things that made me realise that not just how much a dickhead I was, but I needed some serious help. And, and even when I, I, I did get that help, as I've said, you know, it didn't work the first couple of times. So yeah. it, if it doesn't work, you've got to keep, you know, persisting. Yeah. We're, we're really lucky uh, today. We've got Bodie Marsden, who's a, a psychotherapist here in the mountains, 0424 416 969. Um, please, uh, if ever you need some help, he's a terrific chap to um, give a call, 0424 416 969. Really good topic. It's a, a, mm. a great question, you mm -hmm. know, mm. to ask. Mm. Mm. Um, thank you mm. uh, to talk about one's emotions, you know. Uh, what have we got, Nick? Okay, well, um, so this is this is about vulnerability in a, mm. in a few different ways. I, I haven't played this song the it's whole good, way through um, for, for quite some time. I, I guess I'm... Um, so picking up on what Bodie was talking about, his father and his... Um, that experience of and the tears from his father and the connection with his father. So uh, this came out of a, a dream and, well, I'm sort of telling the story of the song before I get there, but I had a dream where my dad died. Mm. And, um, and yeah, so that I guess that's, that's where the story, the song and the story came from. Um, Wish Me Luck. Um, I don't know if I'll remember all of it, but I'll, I'll give it a go. I've muted my microphone. I had, I have similar dreams. 
you know, right. about my father. And, uh, you know, just the devastation or, or, or what am I, what's going to happen? Yeah. What am I, where am I? What am I going to be? How am I going to cope? You know, it's a, it's a huge thing. Mm. Um, you know, except one day it may happen, but, you know, my father a, a, plays a, an enormous part in my life, um, you know, so I can relate to yeah. both. I had a dream that my dad died All day I carried that grief inside And even though it wasn't true My heart couldn't hear what my head knew In the evening I broke down and cried Inconsolable like a child My lover Still feeling a past There's a river that runs Through my dad and my son Now I know that I am man I can't think of the second verse <laughs> that was such a danger of happening. Oh, I was just think, um, thinking of James Blunt's song uh, to his father, who's uh, you know, yeah. uh, very ill. Yeah. Um, as you were playing, playing that, um, beautiful, uh, uh, absolutely powerful. Yeah. Well, look, um, I'll I will find all the words for it for, mm. for yeah. next mm -hmm. week. Um, mm. I'd love you to do that. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, that. Perhaps so. do that song when when the four of us are together again, because yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so. Yeah. Great. Apologies. No, mate. It's, it's <laughs> you know that's just goes to show we're all human, eh? We're not we're not all perfect. And yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Keep the suspense up. You yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it'll uh, increase the listeners. Yes. You know yes. the ratings. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um, uh, what we'll do is we'll. I'll, do you want to do another song? I'll do, we'll, yeah, yeah. You, I'll, I'll do one more. I did this last week, and I guess this is about... So, uh, yeah, like a love song, um, and it's, I guess, about vulnerability. So, yeah. Uh, I played this last week. It is... Yeah. You took me by surprise When I looked in your eyes I couldn't look away your unguarded heart hey, knew me from the start Like it's always been this way Your shoes by my bed Your laughter in my head And the rain on the tin roof Turns me on to turn you on Turns me on to turn Think of all the times our lives are intertwined without intersecting A face in the crowd you walk in as I walk out Still not connecting Then I see your smile shining through your eyes Like they're lit from the inside it Turns me on to time you 
Cheers, mate. Thank you. Um, back here with the Men's Mental Health Show. I was just making some notes. I think phew, we've covered a lot of stuff today, really, haven't we? Yeah, you know, I'm feeling a bit emotional about that song. Yeah, I mean, I'm coming it, home. It's always um, um, it's been one of the great themes for me um, as a, you know, born in Surabaya, Indonesia, and um, uh, coming to New Zealand, um, you know, as an eight-week-old uh, in a Douglas DC-3. Mm. And um, um, I've never really known what was home, you know, Indonesia, mum and dad from Maastricht in the mm. south of Holland, uh, New Zealand, um, now Australia. Um, but that sort of touches the, some depth of me that I, I can hardly yeah. explain, but it just moves me uh, enormously. Um, so thank you. I found myself. That's um, beautiful, Bodie. Thanks for uh, Just, yeah, um, and, and as a freedom, um, I, I think for me, having an emotional life is a, is a kind of new freedom. I mean, yeah. I wasn't, as a 40-year-old, I was a bit sort of stuck and tight. And yeah. Now that I'm 70, um, I'm allowed to be a silly old bugger and have feelings. And, um, you know, I've, I've given yeah. myself permission um, to actually have an emotional life and, to, and um, yeah, that song hit, it, uh, hit I, I sunk into it. So yeah. thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the, the, you know... Uh, the absence of, of not having that, that home, I, I, I mean, I can't imagine for one moment, you know, just to move around as a child, how difficult that is. Sure. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. You know <laughs> even just, just moving, you know, for us as kids, but to go from, you know, uh, some, uh, Sumatra. Uh, Surabaya. Surabaya. Uh, Indonesia. Yeah, Indonesia. Yeah. And then, you know, as you say, your parents from Holland and then you're New Zealand and then you're Australia, you know. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You wouldn't know if you're after or Martha after time. <laughs> Jack and Jill. Mm. <laughs> um, you're back here with the Men's Mental Health Show, and as I said, we've we've covered a lot of stuff today, guys. It's it's been um, uh, a terrific show, and um, and for the listeners, if you if you do think that this may uh, any of anything that we've said today uh, benefit anyone you know, by all means uh, share this podcast. It is uh, uh, open for public, so uh, you're able to share that to to anybody you like. Um, 
Before we sort of do our goodbyes, I wanted to just touch on, on one last topic. And um, this, this I didn't mention before when we were talking of emotions um, or, or, or recovery. Um, this is paramount, um, mindfulness, and um, just to be able to, to stop and be in the moment. Uh, mm -hmm. Everybody, who, it's, a, it's a very difficult thing to do, particularly if you, you're stressed, and we've, we've spoken about stress today. Um, and, and, you know, Bodhi, I'm sure that you can add to this quite in, in depth if you could. But for me personally, um, I first started doing mindfulness by just trying to pick out in songs the bass guitar. So because it's the most difficult instrument to hear a lot of the time, um, because it's in front of, of, of the melody and, and, of course, of the guitars, other guitars. So to hear the bass is, is a difficult thing. It's not about just turning up the volume of, th of the bass. It's just to hear that rhythm of the bass guitar. So you can then block out the sounds of the other if you can. It was difficult. But that, that was sort of, because I love music, that was my sort of leading into point of, of being able to do mindfulness. Um, uh, how important do you think mindfulness is? Um, yeah, no, um, you're right. You nailed it. Absolutely. It's, it, it, it is, if we can't sit in the, in the present moment and all that is delivering and we're stuck in rehashing past stuff or we're hoping that the future will deliver uh, something um, because we get a better job or more mm. money or whatever, status, status stuff we're just not paying attention to the present moment and what it offers. So in a sense, we're shortchanging ourselves and we're shortchanging others who are with us in the moment if we're actually occupied by the past or the future. Mm. So the present moment is a rich opportunity for um, uh, having an emotional response mm. and for being moved um, beyond the ordinary. Mm. Um, part of the function of drugs is, is that we're looking for a heightened sense of being. And one of the things that mindfulness does when you're paying attention to the present moment is that, that the timbre or the note of the moment or what a person's saying, because you're paying attention, suddenly goes deep into it, it, your being. That's right. And you're, you're uplifted. Yeah, just like what happened with the song a moment yeah, ago. Yeah, absolutely. You know, exactly. Absolutely. You, you weren't thinking of anything else no. in your life, you were just stuck at the moment in that song for yeah, that moment. Absolutely. And, and how much... And paying attention exactly. to the words that Nick was, mm. was using, the way he was playing, the, the, the notes that were mm. ringing in my emotional sort of kind mm. of core. Mm. You know, that, that emotional muscle was starting to vibrate and, uh, and I felt myself sinking into um, what it is to come home. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, <coughs> it's funny you say, because, you know, he played that song last week. But today, you'd be able to, you were able to, uh, I guess... Exactly. You know, in the moment, you may have last week been thinking about what we were going to be talking about next or what you had just spoken about previously. So there's a great example. Yeah, no, it's a, it's yeah. a wonderful example. So I'm a great believer in, um, in anchoring oneself in the, mm. in the, in the, in the moment. Uh, I think the past does teach us something and we need, we need to know something of, uh, of how we've been shaped and patterned by past stuff mm. in order to be able to let that go and be present in the, in the moment. Mm. Too much f forward anticipation. Um, um, if we can't stand the moment that we're in, mm. you, know, c you know, it can also mean that we lose 
connection to the rich or what the present moment is telling us. Yeah. You know, what we are being alerted to. Mm. So I'm, I'm a great believer in using all our um, modes of apprehension. Um, what we're hearing, what we're seeing, what we're touching, what we're picking up intuitively um, in terms of people's responses and, and our responses. Mm. Um, and so I'm vibrating like a tuning fork. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, but, but, a description. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. And, and that's beauty of music is that if you're not in the present moment, it sounds terrible. And it, 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 it I think the practice of music is a mindfulness because you've got to be, which it is for writing poetry or mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. I think any artistic pursuit is mm -hmm. you've got to mm -hmm. be you've got to be there. Um, and if you're not, it's really obvious. You mm -hmm. drop notes. You drop um, words. Mm -hmm. You. People can see that you don't you don't quite mean it. I, it was interesting. Um, Paul Kelly talks about the um, he quite often feels like an imposter on stage. So he'll be halfway through a song, and I, I can't remember the word um, that he uses for it, but um, it's like the pretendies or something. And he's he's now got that connection with his yeah. band, where he'll right. he'll kind of let them know that I I just don't feel like I'm kind of in the moment, and then yeah. they'll I guess they'll try to. They, they've probably got some strategies to try and get back yeah. in the moment. But, mm. um, yeah, uh, what I get from music is just that real practice of being in the moment. Mm. Mm. So, yeah. And uh, today's life is tomorrow's memory. Yeah, excellent. You know, so the, um, we've got an obligation to try to make the, the most of the moment because it'll be the one that we're remembering tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, if you know, I guess uh, a lot of people say, "Oh, I can't do that," and you said, you know, in your forties, you know, you're mm. a bit, bit more tense, yeah, and, and you don't that, care yeah. now about yeah. letting yourself out. And no. I think that's 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 a wonderful, wonderful. It's actually a beautiful thing to say, yeah. um, guys. If when you're driving, remember anyone been in a storm driving? I can tell you now, that's mindfulness. That's in the moment. Because you're not thinking about what's happening at home, at work, or anything else. You're actually just thinking about exactly how to keep your car straight. Yeah. You're in that moment. So if you can use that as an example, or at least something, you know, you don't have to be artistic or like music mm -hmm. or poetry. Yeah. Just pick something that is, you know, in your life. I've found yeah. it is, um, you know, it could be a sport. Oh, you know, yeah. just think and just, you know, on that one thing, on that. What was there was there was something I had here. It is said that meditation gives you the rest that is deeper than the deeper sleep. Okay. You know, Ravi Shankar. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, very good, and very good. Yeah, so I thought I'd, I'd yeah. bring that in. Yeah. Guys, it's, it's been an awesome show. Uh, thanks. Um, uh, firstly, Nick, uh, great, awesome man. Yeah, yeah. Really appreciate your input and, you know, input and also to your music. Oh, I, I love the. It's really nice. To, so I do gigs where you kind of have your set list, and it's again, mm. it's that can control yeah. thing where it's you're trying to shape what the performance is going to be like what's really lovely about this experience is to just i'm kind of listening to the conversation and thinking well what's a song that would resonate yeah well, exactly and, and if it's is, played it may it really doesn't if it's played again like today how, how much impact that had that was fantastic it was mm. awesome thank you um Bodie, uh thanks mate one thing i want to say last is um don't reward yourself Look for things that console and inspire. Okay. Stay with those two words. Console, mm. soothe, yeah. 
um, move you and that inspire you to become a deeper and accessible person to mm. others. Mm. Walk away from rewards like um, alcohol or a nice meal yeah. or that sort of stuff. It's surface stuff. It's low, yeah. low grade, low grade state of stuff. Yeah. Go for the higher consciousness, yeah. consolation and inspiration. Well, I've certainly consulted and inspired by yourself today. You have. You've inspired me in, in many, many ways, um, and in the past as well. I must say, Bodie, um, and yourself, Gary, as well. I, I, I feel. Exactly what you're saying. I feel that now. I'm, I'm so blessed to have um, three wonderful men in front of me um, and to be able to talk uh, about the things we've done today um, I think has, uh, has helped me a lot and I do trust it's going to help a lot of the people that listen to this podcast. Thanks, boys. Gary, before we go, I want you to give us a little bit of next week because we've got a pretty special guest coming on next week, don't we, on the Men's Mental Health Show. We're, for the second time, we're having a, a lovely lady come on. Yes, I'm um, down in the Hawkesbury where I work. I've been doing some um, radio interviews similar to this on community radio, which is just a fantastic way of, of reaching the, the community and, and engaging with uh, with people rather than uh, the numbers. We've got uh, Catherine Jean who's coming along and she works, uh, does a lot of work in uh, the mental health area, um, is very much into uh, improving... Uh, the, the way that people can relate and do things. And she's uh, a motivational coach and speaker, does a little bit of hypnotherapy, does a lot of social work, and is uh, very much involved in improving uh, ways that um, people engage. Mm. Mm. Fantastic. Wonderful. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I'm meeting a chap on the weekend. He's a, a motivational speaker, and he, he's you know asked to speak to me and wants to you know, chat about a few things and, you know, that makes me feel good. That's something mm. to look forward to. Having something to look forward to is, is, isn't it a wonderful thing? I bought a car last week. <laughs> I tell you now, it was, you know, as far as uh, in... I have a caravan, as, as, as a lot of you, you know, uh, and I have, for 12 months I've been stagnant. I have the, the van's not been able to move because, you know, I hit a roo on the way back from Perth and it hit the hot water system so I couldn't use it and, and the other side, uh, you know, was damaged in an, in an accident with an awning. So it's finally getting fixed but the, the car I had, of course, couldn't tow it so I've just bought a, a Jeep. Mm -hmm. um, it's a lovely car. It gives, you know, I just, mm. yesterday I said, I'm going to have for a drive. Are we, are we being sponsored by Jeep? Is that right? I should, I should <laughs> say that. Yeah. yeah, I should ring the bell. You know what you got to do. Yeah. That's um, yeah. But it's um, yeah, just something like that. You know, it gave me a real lift pickup. It, it's probably going to stop me from getting out and walking a little bit. <laughs> and the dog, because I don't want him touching the leather, leather seat. You see. He's going to have to go into a box. But um, thanks, guys. It's the. Uh, it's been a wonderful show. Please share this and to anyone. Uh, that, uh, or, or to your group, just post it out there on Facebook um, and, and get this out. Um, I will eventually get to uh, uh, putting this up on YouTube, uh, which uh, we, we are able to do because um, the songs that we have, thankfully, uh, from Nick and, and in the past, Matt Tonks, are their own music. Uh, so we don't have to pay any licensing on that, which is great. Uh, and I look forward to, to seeing you next week, uh, Gary, and uh, yourself, Nick. 
Um, well, we're not with you next week, unfortunately, Bodie, but you're back with us on the 18th. Yep, yep. Uh, right. With uh, Bo Phillips, yep. uh, Blue Phillips. Yep. And that's going to be an awesome show. Yeah, I'm really looking forward show. to that. Yep. Um, a, a, another thing before we go is if any of you guys, or particularly any of the listeners, know of anybody that has a story they think could contribute uh, to the men's mental health show and, and perhaps uh, not just help others, it may quite uh, uh, help themselves uh, to, to be able to come on this show and, and tell your story and open up uh, is really the, uh, the foundation or how the show uh, originally started. And um, so if anyone, you know, give me a call, uh, which is 0404 or, of course, Bradley Spillane on Facebook. Uh, thanks to Mounties Group and to Noel Pope and to you boys once again. It's a men's mental health show. We'll see you next week.